Good morning and welcome to City Based Church Online. This is our first Sunday of 2021 and we'd like to take this opportunity to wish you a blessed new year. May the faith, the hope and the peace of God be yours and may his love enfold you this year. Just some announcements. We will be meeting online this week and next week and we'll, we'll keep you posted on the way forward. For tithing, we'd like to thank you for your giving and uh, the, the banking details will appear on the screen. If you'd like to contribute to the following ministries, the Almond Tree Children's Home, the Bread of Life Ministry or the City-Based Pantry, you can also reference these uh, in your giving and uh, the banking uses the same banking details. If you have any ministry needs uh, or prayer needs, please could you contact our church office or uh, your home group leader. Well, the time has come to hand over to Lorato and to Neil, who will lead us in worship this morning. And I pray that you'd enjoy a blessed time of worship with your families. And uh, then we, that will be followed by a word given by Stephen Kim. Have a wonderful day and be blessed. i 
Good morning, church. Good morning, City Base. I trust that this message finds you well. And I didn't think that we would be going back to messages again, but but this is what it is. And I'm grateful that we still have this way to, to look at God's Word together and be encouraged. Today, I wanted to speak about walking with God. And I thought that Lerato shared something profound last week. He was talking about how we need to invest into our walk with the Lord, invest time into that. And he mentioned we need to walk with Him, not just do things for Him, but walk with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but this this is a fascinating topic for me. Just that question of, can we really walk with the God of the universe? Can we really know, intimately know, the King of Kings? And it's amazing as we look at Scripture that we see overwhelming evidence that it's not our idea, but it's actually God's idea that we would walk with Him, that we would know Him intimately, and we would have friendship with Him even. And even if we start right in Genesis all the way, to the New Testament, we see in the book of Genesis that the Lord would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. We see something of His original intent and design there. We see in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 26 verse 12, it says, the Lord says, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. And this is not a prophecy about Jesus where God Himself would be walking with us, but it's a scripture sharing God's heart. And there's so many scriptures like this one where God says, I will be your God and you will be my people and you will know me. In Jeremiah, we see it says, How gladly I would treat you as sons. In Psalms, there's a passage where commentators say it's almost as if the angels are asking the Lord this question. It says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And it's like the angels are turning to the Lord and saying, What is it about men that you love them so much? What is it about them that you love them? And then, of course, with Jesus. Jesus is the center of it all. And it's incredible the length that God went to so that we could have fellowship with Him. That we could have peace with God again. And we know that God humbled Himself. He came to earth. The Word, God became flesh and He died a most excruciating death so that we could be reunited with Him, so that our sins could be forgiven and we could draw near to a holy God. I love that scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Jesus is our peace. He's the one who's destroyed that barrier that our sin caused. And now we can come close to our Father in heaven. And, and also we see when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, our Father. And the word for Father there is Abba. And Abba is an affectionate term. It's like saying Daddy. And the people of the time, their jaws must have dropped how can you be teaching the disciples to refer to God Almighty as Daddy? But that's what God has done. He's made a way for us to draw near to Him and have friendship with Him. It's His idea, not ours. It's amazing. 
And so my prayer for us is that we would, we would know how vitally important it is to walk with the Lord so that we can have fruitful lives. And that we would also know something of the joy and the privilege of being in His presence. Can I pray for us? Father, we want to thank You for what You've done for us. We thank You for the price that You paid that we can now draw near by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are jealous for us, that you desire to walk with us and for us to walk with you. We thank you for what you've made possible. And I pray, Lord, inspire our hearts, draw us deeper in you. I pray, Lord, that this would be a year where we go much deeper in you and that we don't just know things about you, Lord, but we truly know more and more of you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Today I'd like to look at a man in the Bible and his name was Enoch. And Enoch walked with the Lord for 300 years. How's that for consistency? And so I'd like to look at a few things that we can learn from his life. And so if you'd like to follow with me, you can turn to Genesis chapter 5. And we'll read a few verses there and then we'll read a few verses in Hebrews. But to read from Genesis 5 verse 21. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old, Methuselah was born. And just to give some context here, so Methuselah was the son of Enoch and Noah was the grandson of Methuselah. So we know that these were dark times. These were times where man angered God because of all of our sin. And it wasn't long after this that judgment would be coming. But let's read on from verse 22. It says, Enoch walked with God. And in the Amplified, it says, He walked in habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah, 300 years, and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And there's a double mention here. It says again, And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God And he was not, for God took him home with him. Wow. In Hebrews 11 verse 5, we have in Hebrews 11, the hall of fame with those whose faith was pleasing to God. Enoch is mentioned and it says this about him. It says from verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, so if we can go back to verse 21 in Genesis chapter 5. And the first point I want to look at is the point of obedience. Enoch walked in such a way that was pleasing to the Lord because he was obedient. He was careful to be obedient to the Lord. And I know I'm generalizing here, but for many parents, when when they have children, it can be a sobering moment. They can realize, wait a minute, I'm not just responsible for my life anymore. I'm responsible for, for my children's lives and my life will impact them. And, 
And it seems like something of that happened here because up until this point, it's, it didn't mention that Enoch walked with Lord, but from the birth of Methuselah, it says that he started to walk with the Lord. And when we also remember that in this context and culture, that names were significant. Names, there's a lot of identity and meaning attached to names. And the name Methuselah actually means at his death, the waters will come forth. And so I believe that Enoch had a revelatory moment from the Lord when Methuselah was born. He had a realization that judgment was coming. And as mentioned before, Noah would be Methuselah's grandson. And so that time was coming soon. So imagine having a child or a baby. And whenever you called their name, you were reminded that at his death, the flood will come. And so Enoch lived in a way where he was reminded of things in light of eternity. That this life isn't all there is. That there's a bigger picture. There's eternity. And there's more to this life. And it just reminds me of that scripture in Philippians chapter 2 where it says that we are to continue to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. And the way I understand that is we need to live our lives carefully knowing that it's this life is so short compared to eternity. And I really like what one of the Wesley brothers said. They said, there's only two days that I'm really concerned about. This day and that day. This day that the Lord has given me. How am I being faithful in the small things and the big things? How am I living this day with that day in mind? That day, which is the judgment day, when we stand before the Lord and give an account for our lives. And it's a good way to live. It's a good way to live with eternity in mind because then we won't waste time. We'll live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. We'll live a life of obedience. And so I believe that Enoch lived something of this. And this obedience and living with a fear and a reverence for God is, is important because it's important to note that this friendship that we speak of with the Lord, it's it's not a chummy, chummy, buddy, buddy. As someone mentioned before, there was a, a t-shirt they saw with Jesus is my homeboy. It's nothing like that. In fact, if we look at scripture, those men and women that were friends of God were those that feared, worshipped and revered the Lord. And one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 25 verse 14. It really encapsulates this. It says, the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship the Lord. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have those who fear, revere, and worship the Lord. And in John 15, 13 and 14, Jesus also explained this. He said, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And I wonder if his disciples knew that he was referring to himself, that once again, this is God's idea, his initiative, that he would lay down his life for his friends so that we could draw near to him. But then in verse 14, he explains, you are my friends if you do what I command. You see, there's a condition there. And we see here like many other areas in the Word of God, there are truths that hold themselves in tension. 
Yes, it's absolutely true that God loves us all perfectly and with an unfailing love. And as it says in Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But that truth must also be held in tension with without holiness, no one will see God. And so we hold these two truths together and, and we realize even though I speak for myself, even though God loves me perfectly, if I would like to walk closely with the Lord, I need to walk with a fear and reverence towards Him, being careful to obey what He's asked of me. And that's how I can draw near to Him. I can't just do whatever I want in my pride, uh, live a sinful life and say, Lord, please will you just come and bless me, come and, come and be with me. No, He can't inhabit sin like that. But if I will follow Him and submit to Him, then I can enjoy that sweet, satisfying companionship. There's a, a pastor called Jim Lafoon and he, he explains as well. He, he just says that lordship is the gateway into friendship with God. And he just he emphasizes settle the lordship issue. Make sure that issue is, is sorted. And Jesus, Jesus also mentioned this when he said, If anyone would come after me he must deny himself pick up his cross and follow him that's how we can be his disciples so sorry for the repetition but i can't just do my own thing and expect the lord to bless that i need to deny myself pick up my cross and follow him and that pastor mentioned that's why so it seems like so few people enjoy that kind of intimacy with the Lord because they haven't yet settled the Lordship issue especially in the the day that we're living in now where rebellion is is celebrated where there's very much a theme of I'll do what I want you do what you want don't you tell me what to do and and we need to watch out for that that it doesn't come into the church because we need to bow the knee to our God and say Lord you are my Lord and I will follow you Amen. And just a side note on this, on this thing of, of following the Lord. Uh, we need to obedient, be obedient to what He's called us to. And it's, it's interesting in, in a church that you will have people that lean a little bit more towards knowing the Lord and those that lean a bit more towards going, the doing aspects. And it's important to know that both are so important we need to know the Lord so that we can represent him well so that we can be fruitful and not be running on dry and we need to go we can't just camp in one place the whole time we need to our father is always at work and we need to be ready to to do what he's called us to do we need to make disciples we need to reach the lost so both are important and it's an interchangeable thing it's because sometimes there's that misconception that I need to know first and keep studying before I'm qualified to go. But it's amazing that the Lord actually qualifies the unqualified. He trains us in battle. And I love that scripture in, in Philemon uh, verse 6. It says, We pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And so there it's explaining, as you go, you will know more and more. You will understand more of Him more of the gospel and then be able to go even more effectively so it really is both and i praise god 
that in our church we have both kinds of people and we need to help each other to remember to do both. Okay, coming back to Genesis 5, chapter 24. And this is where we have that double mention. And it says, And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God, and he was not, for God took, took him home with him. And that habitual fellowship speaks of the D word, discipline. <laughs> not all of us are excited to hear that word discipline. But just at the outset, I would really want to say that the Lord never intended for this to be a clench your fists, grit your teeth, and just just do it, just push through. And No, it's, it, it is meant to be a joy. It is meant to be something we really enjoy also. But the truth, the fact of the matter is it will take discipline, especially with the busyness of our lives. And all the distractions that there are, it will take discipline. And Jesus modeled for us, modeled this to us so well. He, in Mark 1 verse 35, for example, it says that he woke up early while it was still dark to spend time with his Father in heaven. And he knew that he would have a busy day. He knew he'd have many people reaching out to him, wanting ministry, but he prioritized spending time with his Father. And, and we need to do that too. We need to make, we need to carve out time in our lives where we can really spend quality time with our Father in heaven. And I, I remember even in, when I first got saved, there was a man called Andre Kotza, such a great man of God, and he, he would host devotions at his house during the holidays. And what was really striking for me is that every day I would wake up and I'd get angry with the alarm clock. I would the last thing I wanted to do was get out of bed and go to these devotions. But I'm sure it's no big surprise, as you can imagine. When I got there and enjoyed the fellowship and enjoyed the time with my friends and the time in the presence of God, it was such a joy. And I, I just felt, wow, I'm so glad I came this morning. And much to my surprise, the next day I woke up, wake up with the same feeling of, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. But... But that's where discipline comes in. We can't let the flesh lead us. We need to sometimes lead the flesh, or often not let the flesh uh, dictate what we're going to do. And of course, it's the most wonderful thing then to spend time with the Lord. So that's the discipline. And Enoch walked in that for 300 years. He walked constantly with the Lord. And of course... Yeah, there's that saying, moving from discipline to delight. Moving from that place of denying ourselves, but to a place where, wow, there's no other place I'd rather be than spending time with you, Lord. And then in the, in Matthew, in the Matthew Henry concise commentary, I love what he has to say about this passage. He says, the Holy Spirit, instead of saying Enoch lived, you know, because it was a genealogy. And so in those passages that say this one lived for so many years and he had this son and then this son lived. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit pauses there to emphasize what Enoch did, which was so pleasing to the Lord. So he said, instead of saying Enoch lived, says Enoch walked with God. This was his constant care and work. While others lived to themselves and the world, he lived to God. 
It was the joy of his life. Enoch was removed to a better world. And I, man, I love that part where he writes, it was the joy of his life. It was the joy of his life. There's nothing like walking with the Lord. And whilst I was preparing this message, I was just reminded of the, the gentleman that uh, made our wedding rings. When I went to him, he was a man from Holland, quite an old man, probably past retirement, the age of retirement, but he, he was very passionate about what he did. And he was a very straightforward man. When I got there, he just said, do you know Jesus? And I said, yes, I do. And then he, I remember he just said, good. And you know, when somebody speaks with so much conviction and sincerity that you just know this is the real deal right here. And I won't forget what he said to me. He just said to me, you know what? It is the most amazing thing to walk with the Lord. It is an amazing thing that we can pray to him and that we're never alone. And that always stuck with me. I could see something of that in his life, that he had walked that out. And it, he's in the latter days of his life, but he could say with all sincerity, there's nothing like walking with Jesus. Amen. It's so true. You'll see this picture coming up on your screen, hopefully. And it's a little comic. I'm not too sure where it's from. It's not from the Bible, obviously. But this picture really spoke to me and the message is simple. And as you can see there, there's a panda and a little dragon. And it goes like this. It says, which is more important, asked Big Panda, the journey or the destination? The company, said Tiny Dragon. And we know, we know as believers that the journey and the destination are both important. We need to be a people of faith, a people of vision, a people who walks the process out with integrity. But this was such a good reminder for me. The company. Don't forget the company. Don't be so quick to, to almost say, Lord, what's next? What's coming? Don't miss out on the fellowship and the wonderful pleasure of walking out this life with the Lord, the big things and the small things. What a privilege it is that we can have His company every step of the way. And I love the way, again, that Jesus modeled this to us. And interestingly enough, if anyone could have walked this life out, we would have been qualified to, to do it. It would have been Jesus. But He Himself showed us how to walk with the Father. And look out for this intimacy that he speaks of in verse uh, John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. And that's it's such a wonderful picture of the intimacy and love that we can have with our Father and walk closely, being dependent on Him, enjoying life with Him. And in Jeremiah, there's a scripture which is, a, for me, it's very black and white. It just, it says it very clearly, the danger of walking on our own versus walking and trusting the Lord. And in Jeremiah 17 verse 5, it says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands 
He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And I just felt that this verse is such an encouragement to us as a church in this time. We don't know the climate of 21. We don't know what will come. But I love the promises there that we don't have to fear when the heat comes. Um, there are no worries even in a year of drought. And, and just that encouragement there that as a church, our roots would go deep into Christ. That we would be found in Him. So that when these trials come, we can bear the fruit of Jesus. That we can be sustained and satisfied in Him. And even be a testimony to the world of who Christ is. So let's send our roots deep into Him this year, church. The last lesson that I wanted to speak of with Enoch is by faith. He was a man of faith. And just reading that verse again, which says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. It's by faith that we have this friendship with God and we know that God is unseen. We know that often our physical senses cannot discern Him and so that's why it takes faith and that's why the Lord is calling us to be a people who walks by faith and not by sight. And this can be challenging. It can be really challenging. I remember when I first got saved, I remember just thinking how this is amazing. I'm forgiven. I've got peace with God. All my shame has been taken off me. Thank you, Lord. It was amazing. I, I felt alive. I felt like I had new life. But I remember having this conversation with a, a friend of mine who was discipling me a few months down the line. I said to him, I'm not sure what's happened, but it feels really dry now. I'm wondering Where's the Lord? What's, what's happened? And, and he had to explain to me that sometimes we need to walk by faith and not by sight. And, and just as David says in the Bible, surely you're a God that hides. Sometimes the Lord deliberately removes his physical presence or his manifest presence to cause us to go deeper in him. To cause us to learn to walk by faith and to exercise our faith muscles. Not just to rely on feelings but to hold on to the promises of his word so we know that lord even if it feels like you're not here i believe your word your word says you'll never leave me nor forsake me your word says you are for me not against me and in those times we can actually grow in our faith and we can we can come to more maturity in him so that's a process it's challenging but we need to learn to walk by faith and of course we celebrate the times that we experience the Lord. I remember in our home group uh, just a few weeks ago, one, one person testified to us how they were worshiping. And during worship, they felt the forgiveness of the Lord. Amazing, refreshing. And they just cried. And, you know, we can really celebrate and be thankful for times like that. It's wonderful. 
when we when we feel and we experience the Lord, that's really something to be expectant for even. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And, and I, I say we should celebrate those moments. And at the same time, just remember that we don't let our feelings determine our walk also. Because if I wake up in a bad mood or wake up feeling heavy, I can't just write off that day. I need to remember the promises in God's Word. So we celebrate the times that we can experience Him, but we also know that we walk by faith and not by sight. And we know that Enoch, he must have done this. Walking with the Lord for 300 years, I'm sure that he had quite a cyclical experience. There must have been times, wonderful highlights, and, and also times where he must have asked, Lord, what is happening? Where are you? The circumstances are bleak. And in those times, it's time to really exercise our faith muscles. Coming back to that thing of the joy of walking with the Lord. There's another Enoch in the Bible that is mentioned. And this Enoch is the son. He was the son of Cain. And just to remind us of some of the background. We know that Cain murdered his brother Abel. And his punishment from the Lord was that he would no longer get fulfillment and satisfaction from his work that important yeah it's important to note that he would be driven out of that land and therefore be hidden from the presence of the Lord and then the Lord stated that he would be a restless wanderer and then in the scripture we see that Cain built a city and named it after his son Enoch and that city represents something of trying to build something apart from the Lord. Trying to live a life apart from the presence of God. And there's something of that. There's a parallel with that city and the world system of our world today that is controlled by Satan. And it's built on the lie that it is possible to find satisfaction apart from the presence of God, apart from walking with the Lord. And that means that there's a lot of restless wandering in the souls of man today. And that's why there is that thing of, maybe if I just marry this person, I won't be lonely. Maybe if I obtain this material or drive this car or have this house, or take this substance, or drink this drink, maybe then I'll be satisfied. Maybe then I'll be happy. Maybe then it will numb me to the reality of what it is to live separate from the Lord. And I just want to say, we, we obviously we cannot afford to buy that lie. The, the only way for our souls to be truly satisfied is for us to come back to our Creator, the one who created us, and who's, it was the Lord's intent from the beginning that we would live in relationship with Him. We would walk with Him and find true, uh, true satisfaction, true contentment. There, we can't find that apart from the Lord. So, so don't buy the lie of the world. There's no, I think especially in terms of loneliness, and that's a big problem in this day. 
We can't solve the issue of loneliness by trying to find that in another person, in another man. The, the core issue of loneliness is solved when we come back to our God. And Jesus has made a, a way for us to come back to our Father. And then we're at home. Then we have peace with God. Then we know our value. We know we are loved and we belong. Okay, in conclusion, it's a brand new year. And I love this quote, it says, uh, it's by Elizabeth Elliot. This year, let us dissolve all our hopes into a single hope to know Christ and be found in Him. May this be the year to desire a radically transformed, deeper, truer, knowing Christ as our all-sufficient one. Amen. And if I can just finish with this scripture i love that passage where in exodus 33 we see that moses is worshiping at the tent of meeting and the tent was situated a little bit outside of the camp and what would happen is whilst moses was worshiping the lord there and being in his presence the israelites would stand outside of their tents from quite a distance away and marvel at seeing the presence of the lord and and they would in a way worship from there. But we see in that passage that Joshua goes into the tent afterwards. And he seeks out the Lord and the presence, the cloud stays there. And I, I just wanted to encourage us. Let this be a time where we seek the Lord for ourselves. Where we're not satisfied with just knowing something about Him. Where we're worshipping Him and, and seeing Him from a distance. Where we... We maybe have a relationship with him through the pastor or through somebody else. But where we're like Joshua and we go into that tent, we go into the secret place, a quiet place, and we find the Lord for ourselves that we can know him intimately. And I, I just want to encourage us, church, let's, let's allow that desire and hunger for him to grow. Let's be expectant, knowing that those who earnestly seek him will be rewarded. And God bless you. Can I pray for us? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that we could hear your word. And Lord, I thank you for your word that says, if we come near to you, that you will come near to us. And I just think again of how it was in the Garden of Eden, Lord, when you called out to Adam and you said, where are you? And Father, I know you're calling out to us now. You're waiting on us. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, draw us closer to you. Let us respond to that call. And Father, let us be as close to you as we can be. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Amen.